right, so we're going to jump back into Hebrews, uh, Hebrews 11. I mean, I'm excited for the message today. I don't think uh, I'm going out on any kind of doctrinal limbs here, or any kind of un, un you know, or shaky or, or less than firm ground. But it, this is an area that I've never really studied uh, in depth before, and I'm, I'm ex- excited to share, you know, with you all the the things that I've learned. You know, we're continuing our faith family portrait. Uh, I'm not sure. If, uh, I feel like if I do that, the TV might fall off the wall. But um, um, faith family portrait in, in the book of Hebrews, and again, uh, our awkward family photo uh, this time comes from the Renault, the broader Renault family uh, via Christie. I think literally, I'm not sure, but there's like one person that might be kind of true. There's a couple folks, but I, I feel like everybody's like Elijah's not looking. I don't. I'm not even sure who this is. That's Ruby. Okay, Dan Ruby. and Caroline. Okay. Uh, we have eyes closed. We're on drugs over here. I'm not sure what's going on. So there's just a lot. Like David's looking at the wrong. So it's an awkward family photo. There's there's no doubt no doubt about it. But. Uh, um, not, not the least of which is Elijah's hair uh, is, is awkward. So uh, I appreciate that. And I would say that if he was standing right here. But I would say it like this because it's so tall. Um, so I appreciate you guys uh, sitting in. I got, a, I got a good chuckle out of it. So it looks like Christmas if I'm getting it. So. All right. So again, our hypothesis, ministry relies on relationships. And if, in fact, these people in the Hall of Faith in in Hebrews 11 are examples for us, we can learn from their interactions according to Romans uh, 14 and verse 7. So today we're really going to be looking about Isaac and this promise of the future, this blessing or blessings that he bestows. And uh, again, no actual photos from that period of time, but this one I thought was was a pretty good representation of, of the, you know, putting the hair on the, the neck and the arms and, and that like as, as, uh, as, as we look at that. So go ahead and turn to Genesis 27 as we look at our just the, the, the only verse in Hebrews is, is really a pretty short verse. It says, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. So let's look at Genesis uh, 27, and we're going to read at least a, a good portion of, of or, you know, uh, sections of this of this passage. Um, and it came to pass that when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim, uh, so that he could not see, he called Esau's oldest son and said unto him, My son... And he said unto him, Behold, here am I. And he said, Behold, now I am old, and I know not the day of my death. Now I'm going to insert a parenthetical. Isaac actually doesn't die for quite a while after this. I think a lot of people kind of posture this as he's literally on his deathbed. But he doesn't actually die for for quite a while. Uh, But pick it up in verse 3. Now therefore take, I pray thee, thy weapons, thy quiver and thy bow. And go out to the field and take some venison and make me savory meat such as I love and bring it uh, to me that I may eat that I may uh, that my soul um, that my soul may bless thee before I die. Which again is I think part of the reason people think he's literally dying. Uh, but but again it's it's you know it's 
many years later uh, that that uh, that Isaac actually dies. And Rebecca hears this, and so I'm going to skip skim a little bit. Esau goes out in the field. I think most of us probably know the story that Rebecca makes the dinner uh, that that the venison that uh, that's going to be good uh, makes the you know puts the puts the stuff on on uh, Jacob and sends him in to kind of deceive um, you know deceive. Um, Isaac, uh, verse 18, and he came unto his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, uh, art thou, who art thou, my son? And Jacob said unto his father, I am Esau, thy firstborn, which is obviously a lie. I have done according as thou uh, badest me arise, I pray thee, and sit in eat of my venison, that thou soul may bless me. Uh, again, it wasn't even his venison, it was a lie. And Isaac said unto his son, How is it that thou hast found it so quickly? Um, you know, go out, you know, kill a deer, bring it back, you know, dress it, bring it back, cook it. Like, that seems awkward. And uh, he said, Because the Lord thy God brought it and uh, brought it to me, which, uh, you know, I would put in the category of a lie as well. And Isaac said unto Jacob, Come near, I pray thee, that thine I may feel thee, my son, whether thou be my very son. Esau or not, so he goes, goes him. He feels him, he, and he bless him. And he said in verse twenty four, uh, again, art thou my son, my very, uh, my very son Esau? And, I, and he said, I am. Again, another lie. Um, so he, he blesses him and and uh, jump down into verse twenty eight, and um, this is the blessing of of Isaac uh, to Jacob in the thought he was blessing Esau therefore God give thee of the dew of the heaven or do the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and plenty of corn and wine let people serve thee and nations bow down to thee be the Lord over thy brethren and let thy mother's sons bow down to thee cursed be everyone that curseth thee and blessed be he that blesseth thee and so in the next few verses we find out obviously that uh, that you know Esau comes back. There's uh, dysfunction in the family. Thanksgiving gets really awkward at this point uh, because uh, you know he's he's stolen the blessing from uh, you know Jacob has stolen the blessing from Esau via Isaac and pick it up in verse 39 or verse 38 excuse me and Esau said unto his father hast thou but one blessing O my father bless me even also. O my father, and Esau lifted up his voice and wept. And Isaac, his father, um, answered and said unto him, Behold, thy dwelling shall be in the fatness of the earth and of the dew of the heaven from above. And by thy sword shalt thou live and shalt serve thy brother. And it shall come to pass when thou shalt have dominion that thou shalt break his yoke from off thy neck. And Esau hates Jacob and ultimately Jacob flees to get a wife and, and the whole deal. So I really want to spend some time today talking and looking at the contrast of these blessings. Now, if I'm not mistaken, uh, you all have uh, the bless the, the blessing of Jacob on kind of in the left column of one, uh, and then the blessing of Esau on the right. So I have put those up here. This should look basically the same. I think maybe some of the slight formatting might be different, but but I want to I just want to look at the breakdown of the blessings for a second. Uh, God will give him the dew uh, of the dew of heaven, the fatness of the earth, and plenty of corn and wine. That's that's coming from the Lord. Uh, let people serve thee, and nations bow down to thee, and and be Lord over thy brethren. And it's a, an interesting side side note here. Uh, it's a, I think it's interesting that in the blessing. 
the blessing includes a charge to be or let people serve you. I think that's not necessarily the nature of some leaders. Uh, some leaders feel, and I, I, I personally struggle with this, I feel an accountability to do things, so I feel like I have to do them, but it's hard sometimes to let go uh, of things and let thy mother's sons bow down to thee, and I'm not suggesting anyone is, is bowing down to me, but it's just, it's sometimes it's, if you're not an intrinsic or a, a, a natural leader, sometimes it's hard to, to, to play that role. And then ultimately, cursed be everyone that curseth thee, and blessed be he that blesseth thee. Now, I want to contrast this, this lost blessing from Esau's perspective. That's the blessing he lost. But this is the blessing he got. Behold, thy dwelling shall be in the fatness of the earth, and of the dew of the heaven of, from above, and thy sword shalt thou live, and shalt serve thy brother, and it shall come to pass when thou shalt have the dominion, that thou shalt break his yoke from off thy neck. So what I'm going to encourage you to do is to, to do some, some writing on your paper. You may actually want to do this in your Bible at some point. I don't know that I would encourage you to do it here because I think you need to take some time to do it. But you can do that with your notes. But, but notice, so this again is the same thing. And I know there's a lot of lines on the page, but just bear with me for, for a moment. The first is under Jacob. So Jacob's blessing is on this side. Esau's blessing is on this side. Uh, God will give you versus thy dwelling shall be. And, and that's a, is an interesting uh, difference or interesting variance there. And I want to spend a little bit of time on that. God giving Jacob the blessing versus this is how you're going to live, Esau. And it really is a contrast between the firstborn, the Adam, and the secondborn, Christ, okay, or the types of Christ, okay? And obviously, I pointed out Jacob's lies because every type has a limitation. Jesus didn't have to lie to get any kind of blessing, right? But God is a God is a giver of spiritual blessings to those that seek him. This blessing is actually not bad when you look at it simply from a living perspective. Like I Esau should be pretty happy that his, he should have a dwelling in the fatness of the earth and from the dew of heaven above. I mean, that's a, that's a, a, that's a place of blessing, right? That's a place of, of bounty, if you will. So it's not like he's saying, you know, you're going to scrounge for stuff. You're going to have to, you know, work the roots of the earth, like, you know, like the curse was to Adam, right? It, it's really, you know, the fatness of the earth. So, so when you con contrast or, or, or compare these two, they're actually very similar, which is why I put the, the brackets there. The blessing is fairly similar. The issue is where is the blessing and where's the work coming from? And we point it back to a little bit to one of our first studies in this series around Cain and Abel. And the fact that Cain, right, was, was this was the work of his hands that he was bringing to the Lord, whereas Abel was just giving back to the Lord his own, what he had received from the Lord, his the blessing that he had received. And this is actually not too different, that Jacob is going to be receiving blessings from the Lord, and Esau is going to have to work for them. And it's an interesting contrast. Now, ultimately, I'm not sure, I'm going to make some statements that I'm that are definitely I'm not dogmatic about. It's how I perceive the passage and, and believe the Lord is communicating them certainly to me. But I'm not sure that Esau is really upset with this contrast. 
what was he challenged to do? Why was he gone? He was told to take his bow and his arrows and go out and kill a deer and bring it back and cook it. And he was, I mean, it, it, there was even a passage uh, before that, uh, and I'm, I probably should have written it down, that Esau was a, basically a hunter, right? And if you, if you see it, you, you know, certainly can, can throw it out there. I mean, Esau, th- this, there was nothing about that that was awkward to Esau. That was, in his mind, it was an opportunity to bless his father. It wasn't like, oh, you're making me hunt, right? I mean, you know, it's like, okay, I'll go, I'll go get it. That's awesome. You know, let me have the chance to bless you, right? So I'm not sure that Esau necessarily looks at this as a problem, but that is part of the problem, right? That he looks at himself as self-sufficient, okay? And I, I, I'm going to put out a bit of a statement here, and again, I'm hedging it a little bit. Uh, and, and, and again, I'm, I'm, I, I don't want to sound any less than, um, you know, than speaking with authority uh, by a long shot. But, but Esau, as a type of the believer that's in the flesh, is probably okay living in the flesh. He's making some choices, and we're going to see some some of that, uh, you know, a little later in our study. Some verses that precede what we've read, and some verses that 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 are after. Notice as we continue the contrast here. There's plenty of corn and wine, versus the and by the sword shalt thou live, and I think that's really interesting. If you if you consider what those two things, how do you get corn and wine? How do you, you, you grow things, right? Right. So corn and, and even wine, you have to grow some sort of grape or some sort of fruit that you can press, right? Both of them take time, right? And patience and, and tending and those types of things. The blessing here is actually pointing to a stability of Jacob that Esau won't have. Esau is a hunter. Esau is a man that's maybe a little more nomadic. You know that you know when you think of the Native American um, that was living in tents in even this part of the United States prior to it being part of the United States. What would they do? They would follow the buffalo. They would follow the 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 sustenance, right? And I and I kind of picture that with Esau. That I don't know that Esau probably saw living by the sword as a bad thing. You know, I think he probably saw this as a as truly a blessing. But when you contrast it to stability and the blessing that comes from stability that the Lord is going to provide you stability, it, it starts to separate a little bit. Is this making sense? I know this is kind of teachy and I feel a little bit more like a like a like a, a, a an instructor than a than a teacher pre, or a preacher at this point, but but I think it's important. Now notice then we move down to this section about the service, right? He is going to be the Lord. And Esau is going to be the subordinate one. Okay? If there was an area that Esau would be bothered by, it would be this. You're going to serve thy brother. Okay? Now, do we know enough about that? There's a lot more in the story. We do, we definitely don't have time, not just today, but in general. I mean, there's chapters. I mean, pastors would go weeks and weeks preaching those chapters. But... Jacob goes and finds a wife and we most of us know the story he gets duped after working seven years for um, 
Um, Rachel. Rachel, thank you. Rebecca was the only word in my head, and I knew that wasn't right for Rachel. But he gets duped, right, and gets her sister, and then ultimately works another seven years to get Rachel, and then works, according to scriptures, another six years thereafter. So he's worked for, uh, for Laban for this long period of time, right? So, and then when they come back, he really doesn't rule, per se, over Esau. There's never this time where Jacob says, do this, and Esau does it. It's not what you would think of when, when you look at this. So this has to be more of a prophetic, more of a longer-term picture. This is the area that arguably, as I said before, Esau has a problem with. But I want, you, I want to focus just for a moment, and it shall come to pass when thou shalt have the dominion that thou shalt break his yoke from off thy neck. And I would argue that this is actually a, I guess I'll go with an emotional or uh, psychological yoke uh, that Esau has. Because Esau is mad at Jacob for stealing this blessing. Jacob leaves for a long time. And when we see them come back together, it's like, they've, like they're brothers that haven't seen each other in 20 years. And everything seems to be pretty good, right? And uh, so I think there's some emotional... Uh, components going on here, but again, for the sake of time, this is the biggest offset between these two, right? I don't know that any of us necessarily have a problem serving others. Uh, there's always somebody that's higher up. I mean, it doesn't matter whether you're an owner of a big company, you serve your customers. Like, everybody kind of has a boss, right? But this is the difference. Cursed be everyone that curseth thee, and blessed be he that bless thee, blesseth thee. That is obviously uh, a continuation of the blessing to, to Abraham, right? So when we, when we talk about these, just again, another contrast. God's going to give versus your dwelling will be a very earthy kind of, of tone uh, versus a reliance on God. Corn, it's interesting that I put it in parenthetical, wheat. Um, that word is translated also in the Old Testament. That English word is translated wheat. So it's almost like fruit of the field, so to speak. And so there is a clear picture of provision of the word of God and the Holy Spirit to Jacob. Whereas Esau is going to live by the sword. He's going to be very fleshly. He's going to feel like he has to provide for himself, defend, for him, defend himself. Whereas Jacob will be Lord, Esau will serve. And then the blessing and cursing of others, again, it's just meant to be a, a bit of a summary. But this brings us to our first relationship rule. Don't let your expectations get in the way of relationships. God is the one who blesses. Esau, and again, just very briefly, Esau allows this to be a problem. When in reality, from Esau's perspective, it's not a bad blessing. And from Esau's perspective, the blessing that Jacob got might have been a burden. Because he wouldn't have stayed put and grown <laughs> grown things. He certainly wouldn't have worked 20 years for, for uh, somebody like Laban. He was, a, 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 like I say, a little more nomadic. So, so don't let your expectations get in the way of your relationships. God is the one who blesses. So if you've got an argument, take it to God. Like, that's your option, right? I don't, I don't complain to you all about the way Sam handles something. I take it to Sam, and if I can't resolve it with Sam, take it to the Lord. Like, 
I'm not going to let expectations ruin relationships. I'm just not going to, to, to do it, right? So as we continue, poor choices by Esau. This is, I would say he was reaping what he sowed, and this is what I was alluding, alluding to a few minutes ago. In Genesis 26, 34 and 35, so this is before this blessing deceit thing happens. Esau was 40 years old when he took to wife Judith, the daughter of Beeri, the Hittite, and, and Bashamath, um, the daughter of Elon, the Hittite, which were a grief of mind unto Isaac and Rebekah. So, like, literally, Isaac and Rebekah were the first ones to have a kid go bad, right? So, not really first, I'm, I'm, that was sarcasm, right? So, it's interesting because the person, uh, this Beery uh, and Elon, those are, are well, like a well that you would dig, and an oak in the concept of a tree. So these are these are people that are very earthy, right? Very earthy. So again, e e Esau continues this pattern or starts this pattern before the situation with being very tied to the earth, very, very um, related to things of the earth. After this blessing uh, event happens, when Jacob leaves to go find a wife, uh, a wife then Esau went unto Ishmael, which is probably not a good move, but he goes unto Ishmael and took unto the wives which he had, Mehalah, the daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son, the sister of uh, Nebajah, to be his wife. And Mahalath is also a, a word that kind of translates into, a, um, into an instrument, but it means sickness or dubious. Like... Seriously, these are the choices of, of women that you're making, Esau, right? I mean, and, and maybe they were fine people, right? Maybe they were fine people that just needed a savior. But he is, he is exhibiting poor choices before the blessing and after the blessing. And the reason I bring this up is because it points us to our second relationship rule of the day. Um, your relationship choices definitely impact the blessings or lack thereof by the Lord. Like, God saw the blessings that were going to come out by Isaac to, to Jacob and to Esau, respectively. He absolutely could have shut down the little, I don't know, the little contrived situation that, that uh, Rebecca had with this venison and putting the wool on. Like, God could have, all, could have stopped that. He could have told Isaac, this is not, you know, I, I don't recognize your voice. This is not you. You're tricking me. Like, that could have totally happened. But he didn't stop it. God didn't stop it. And I think in part because Esau's making bad choices. Esau's not a leader. Esau is not the guy that the lineage of the, the, of the Lord is going to run through, right? It's just that simple. So the similarities of the blessings. So we've looked at that when we contrasted them, but now we want to jump forward at years later, a couple of decades later, when Esau and Jacob come back together. Okay? And again, some of you know the story. Jacob is worried. He hasn't seen his brother in 20 years. The last time he saw him, he was going to hurt him or kill him. He is fearing for his life. So he splits his family into two and he sends kind of a scouting party up and he doesn't want to, and he gets a big gathering of gifts to give to, to Esau. He's like really the negotiator here. He's trying not to end up dead after, and notice, or, and remember this is after he's had his interaction with the, uh, wrestled with the Lord. So he's limping. It's not like he can run away from the problem, so to speak. 
But look at this. When they come back together, after Jacob tries to give Esau the blessing, or the, uh, the, uh, the bounty, he says, And Esau said, I have enough, my brother. I don't need you to give me this stuff. I've got plenty. He had wives. He had cattle. He had, quote, everything he can eat. Keep that thou hast unto thyself. And Jacob said, Nay, I pray thee, if now I have found grace in thy sight, then receive my present at my hand. For I therefore, or for therefore I have seen thy face, as though I had seen the face of God, and thou wast pleased with me. Take, I pray thee, the blessing that is brought to thee, because God has dealt graciously with me, and because I have enough. The blessing that Isaac puts on both of these guys through the Lord blessing them, right, actually over time, has generated great bounty. They have nothing to, quote, worry about. Esau probably at some point realizes this and thinks, my anger with him was foolish. And I would argue that's the point at which the yoke fell off his back mm-hmm. that, that, that Isaac says, when you, you'll have dominion. And when you have dominion, then his yoke will fall off of your back. At some point in Esau's life, I would argue over those 20 years, he let the he, he allowed forgiveness to come in and he let the, the frustration go because he realized he has enough. The blessing that God gave to his brother didn't detract from his blessing. The Lord gives in this situation to the servant. And again, a reaffirmation of that. But notice Esau no longer has this burden or yoke of, of, uh, of hate. And so this, and, and again, we'll just touch on this. I, the thing that was just blew me away, and you have the verse, you should have the verse in Hebrews 11.20 at the top of the first page. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. And so I wanted to, that, that, that phrase, things to come, jumped out. And I wanted to spend just a couple of minutes Isaiah 45, 11 through 13. And thus saith the Lord, the Holy One of Israel and his maker, ask of me, of, ask me of things to come concerning my sons and concerning the work of my hands, command ye me. I have made the earth and created man upon it. And I, even my hands, have stretched out the heavens and all their hosts I have commanded. I have raised him up in righteousness and I will direct all his ways. He shall build my city, and he shall let go my captives. Not for the price of re- uh, for price nor reward, saith the Lord of hosts. If you want to know what's going to happen in your life, if you want to to know about the future, there's somebody that knows the future. It's the Holy One of Israel, His Maker. You know, our our Maker. Ask Him concerning things to come. If you look at John 16, so looking at a couple New Testament verses, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit has come, he will guide you in all truth for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak and will show you things to come. I am not a uh, deja vu guy. Like I don't think, ooh, deja, I got a sense of deja vu. I guess the world would call what I feel deja vu. But the Lord prepares me. Like, I don't know about you, but like whether it's an email or a text or a phone call or something, a side conversation in the hallway, and you're like, oh, wow, that, that's probably meaning this. Whatever that is, good, bad, indifferent, whatever. Like the Lord 
the Holy Spirit will put in you to prepare you for things to come. He just does. And that's a great blessing. That's a great blessing, a great confidence. Romans 8, and I think most of the time we put these things in in kind of the negative category. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The reality is not all of those things are negative. Uh, Life, angels most often are not, you know, Two out of three are not bad. You know, two out of three dentists uh, like those angels. Um, nor things present, nor things to come. You can you can rely, and this brings us to our fourth or our third relationship rule and our final one for the day. Have confidence in your future being in the one who can see the future, not those who might promise the future. Esau had a real frustration both with Jacob and I would argue to some degree with Isaac because he was duped. To some degree, uh, you know, he had to have been frustrated, but he just needs to have confidence in God. And when you have these interactions where you feel sh- shorted, slighted, um, like like you got the, the, the short end of the stick in something, you know, when those things happen, you need to go to the Lord. He sees the future. He knows the future. He can prepare you for those things, and he will do it. And so as we, clo- as we close... I reference Malachi uh, chapter 1 and verse 2 and 3 here. I have loved you, saith the Lord, yet ye say, Wherein how hast thou loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, saith the Lord? Yet I loved Jacob, and I hated Esau, and I laid his mountains and his heritage waste for the dragons of the wilderness. Notice that it's all about the heritage of Esau. The thing that the Lord hated was the... <clears throat> excuse me, was the output, was the lineage of Esau. And he blessed or loved the lineage of of Jacob. And so there's a lot of choices that can be made in your life. And I am not encouraging you. This is the part I kind of struggle. I'm not encouraging you to lie, cheat, and steal to get a better blessing. I don't, I, I, I doctrinally and practically have trouble wrapping my brain around the fact that Esau, or I'm sorry, that Jacob lied and that Rebecca, uh, you know, conspired with him to, to, to steal the blessing. Obviously, the Lord was allowing it. Rahab lies, uh, you know, and we're actually, we're, we're going to get to Rahab in our, in our study of, um, of Hebrews 11. Um, so I still have some trouble wrapping my, my kind of my practical brain around it because it's not an endorsement for you to lie. It's not an endorsement for you to deceive. But the Lord will work, and he will work in situations. And I, I honestly believe that the nature of the person Jacob, despite his name being a deceiver, despite, I mean, I think he grew a lot in his time with Laban. And I think ultimately the Lord saw that and blessed him with the blessings and the lineage uh, of Christ. So, uh, sorry we had to go kind of quick today. Uh, it was a little nature of the beast. We got a little bit of a late start in, on a couple of things. I hope that made sense. Let's pray. Lord, we do thank you for the day. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for your compassion toward us. We thank you for the fact that while we mess up, while we sin, even sometimes in sinning, coming to you, the way we ask for something, we might want to heap it to ourselves, or we might ask with an agenda or something, Lord, you still receive us as your son, and you still bless us as you see fit. 
and that is an incredible blessing in and of itself. And so we thank you for uh, for your patience, literally your patience with us and your long suffering with us, and how you grow us, and how ultimately, much like we can look back on the lives of of Jacob and Esau, I bet both of them could look back on their lives as younger men and realize their failures and realize their uh, their challenges and how uh, you know maybe they made missteps in their life and and Lord I I, I pray for that reconciliation I, it, it is a it is a nice story to see these two brothers who were who were at odds and and kind of. Um, you know, split for such a long time, come back together in advance of their father dying so that the family could be kind of reconciled. Uh, we thank you for the depth of the scripture. Uh, certainly just touched on a very, very small part of it today. And we thank you for allowing us to learn some, maybe some practical lessons uh, from the, the story of this blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm-hmm.